Uh, all right, I've tweeted for the first time in a long time from our account. Nice, nice. Thanks, uh, social go, media manager. Yeah, absolutely. Now I'm going to go pin this tweet. Nicole offered to be our social media manager. Oh, I saw that. I think it's just because like, we, 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 we put out the word on her soup, I think, is the... Yeah, stew. Oh, stew, sorry. And it was really good, by the way. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Follow-up to last week's episode. Tell, it was really tell tasty. Me, tell me about that stew. I had a big old bowl of it, and I ate too much. Yeah. Uh, and when you eat too much stew, you don't just you don't really like feel sick. You just feel like you want to sleep. Mm, that's true. But in the case, that's what happened. Way. Yeah, in a really good way. It was like comfy. It was cozy. I probably watched. Um, it was like a beef Bobo stew? Fett. Did you say b- it's beef stew with gnocchi? Did you say Bobo Fett? I don't know what you're talking about. Did you say Bobo Fett? I, I had a dog what named do you mean? Bobo. <laughs> you had a dog named Bobo. Yeah, his name is. That's such a cute name. His name is Boba Fett, like the T. Just imagine him slurping on some some tapioca nugs. Bob. Bob. His name's Robert. <laughs> no, it's, it's short for Roberta Fett. Oh, Baba. Roberta Fettuccini. <laughs> that was a tweet I saw. <laughs> People have really not liked that show, but I've had a good time with it. I, I haven't. I've watched the first episode. I, I should watch more. I've heard people don't love it. I heard the finale was really good, though. Yeah, I heard of that as well. It's, I mean, it's Star Wars content, which I love. That's true. Oh, man. So what is it? Speaking of things I love, uh, I was just uh, I was just scrolling through some of the screenshots they've released from that Amazon Lord of the Rings show they're making. I don't even know if it's going to be good, but like, I don't care if it's going to be good because I, I, I just want it. I love Lord of the Rings. You're a big nerd. I'm a big nerd. Big Lord of the Rings guy over here. It's like the, it's like the least... Uh, original take to have that Lord of the Rings is amazing. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, wow, you like Lord of the Rings? How original. <laughs> wow, I bet you like The Office too. I did like The Office. Uh, shocking. I know, I know. I'm, and I bet you never read The Witcher books, did you? I, I did not. I did not. I will say, you know, I do think I am uh, more than the casual observer, I have I have immersed myself into the world Lord of the Rings with the books and all that and Silmarillion. And all well, you that. have read The Silmarillion, which already puts you in the Many top. Many times. Mm. 15 per oh many times that's true it's top five so percent of yeah we can get of lord of the rings fans you're trying to get stephen colbert on this podcast oh wouldn't that be fun be pretty fun if anyone know if any of our 32 listeners knows stephen colbert yeah see if he wants to come on our show see if he knows more uh oh man did you see that when he had um dominic monaghan and billy boyd on uh they played mary and pippin and they did like they quizzed him and they actually stumped him it's crazy. They did. Yeah, they beat Colbert. Well, it was kind of a rude question. Uh, oh, the, 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 there was you know Mary Pippin questions. So like the the heart, the one that stumped him was one that I don't think I could have answered. And I read that the two towers like literally two months before I watched that video. But the question was, what's the name of the place where the Entmoot took place in Fangorn Forest? Anyway, enough about Lord of the Rings. Enough about Lord of the Rings? Well, what what should we talk about next? Is it physics? Probably physics. Probably physics. Welcome, everyone, to the Reference Frames podcast. You've probably been here before, but if you haven't, this is where we take physics, try to make it a little more approachable through the lens of all of our favorite media. Will, our resident physics expert and grad student, has prepared a section of a script from one of your favorite movies that... um, what does it do? It showcases... It a, highlight. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. <laughs> it showcases a physical principle that we'll talk about. Yeah. 
And then we talk about that. He asks me if I can figure out what it is, and he tricks me every time. Well, only once, but I was pretty proud of that. Yeah, that was rude. Uh, I would also um, like to point I, out, I'm not the only physics expert here. We both have degrees in physics. Well, yeah, but everyone knows me as the charming, funny, yeah, good-looking part of our duo. So they have to know you as the physics guy. You're the Legolas, I'm the Gimli. Yeah, that, yeah, that's a really apt comparison. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You're blonde, I'm not. I have long, flowing locks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Although you're anything but short and stout. You are long and gangly. <laughs> that's true. I'm still a natural splinter, though, so... It... And you're not nearly as grumpy. I think, actually, there is a correction. Oh, no. I don't know if it... I think there is technically a correction. Oh, you got me. Give me one moment. Did someone jump on that because... one you, like, threw out there as a possible correction? Yeah, it was, like, one of your family members, I'm pretty sure. Oh. Dad says it is gun all for gun whale. That was my mom. <laughs> they said that, by the way. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, so, so it's That's not pronounced right. gunwale, as I uh, foolishly pronounced it um, as it would seem to be written, which is always a mistake when it's an English word. Yep, especially when it's about anything that's a boat. It's true. It's true. And also, at Free Willy says, don't listen to anyone. It's pronounced gun whale in all caps, but he's wrong as well. He's also a whale, so he's biased. What does he know? That's right, everyone. We've been corrected <clears throat> by Will's mom. Which is a, it's a high honor. The highest, even. And that's it. So nice. that's all we have correction for Correction zone. I love a good correction zone. Yeah, we've left it. So now, I guess we turn to you for the narrative example from pop culture. Will, would you like to take the stage? I would love to. Thank you very much. The great mystery novelist Harlan Thrombey is found dead on the morning following his 85th birthday party. An independent investigator, one Benoit Blanc, is hired by an unknown party to investigate the death. Blanc's investigation quickly finds that various family members of the late Mr. Thromby, all of whom were present for his birthday celebration, had reasons to wish the man dead. Blanc enlists the help of Harlan's kind-hearted nurse and confidant Marta Cabrera to help him crack the case. Marta finds herself in a tough situation, though, as she knows two indisputable facts about herself. One, though innocent of intent, she is the one responsible for Harlan's demise. And two, she forcibly vomits anytime she tells a lie. Harlan, hoping to spare his friend the blame in his accidental slaying, instructs her before he dies to confound the case in any way she can. Unfortunately for her, she is far from a master assassin, and left many clues that would prove her culpability, including damning security footage. Thankfully, Marta is present for much of Benoit's investigation, and is briefly entrusted to hold on to the black VHS security tape gathered from the shed of Harlan's aging groundskeeper. When she hands the tape back to be taken into evidence, she is seen to be palming a decorative fridge magnet. Later, the police are baffled that the tape appears to have been erased. I'm not going to say any more regarding the plot of Knives Out, because if you haven't seen it, it is an excellent film. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything. That's kind of the setup of the film, though. Oh, so good. All right, Ian. There's the scene. What are we talking about? Murder? Knives being out? Probably. The Could southern accent of Daniel Craig. Did you see the tweet that was like, um, I love how Daniel Craig has just a 
unplaceable accent in in this movie, and everyone's like, "What? Unplaceable? It's Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> Where are you from? Oh, what could like, it be? That's so funny. What could? Yeah, this acclaimed actor just does a, a not. Yeah. Oh God, I love that movie. I I just rewatched it. Um, it's such a good film. Such a good it's movie. a good. It's a fun one. I think we're going to talk about magnets, maybe in particular magnetic fields. Mm. Are we going to talk about like digital memory? I guess not digital memory, analog memory. Analog memory sounds like a band name and I am for it. Okay. If anyone out there starts a band. Yeah. Cre- credit analog us memory. and give us like 10%. Yeah. We copyright it first. Yeah. I think I'm probably going to stick with magnet. I didn't really pick up on anything in particular that seemed like it would... It would grab us. Yeah, you are 100% right. Uh, Tossed you a softball this week. Uh, that about was really nice of you because last week, or last time, it was mean. <laughs> it's true. It was a bit rude last time. You're talking about permanent magnets um, and magnetic tape and how that works. All right. So, cool. Yeah, yeah, kind of fun. So the question ultimately is, she rubbed this VHS tape with this magnet and apparently deleted all the footage. Why? So first, let's talk about how a permanent magnet works, what it is, all that fun stuff. So broadly, if you think about magnets, you know, the classic horseshoe magnet or a fridge magnet, um, every magnet has a North Pole and a South Pole. And the fundamental thing that magnets do is the North Pole of one magnet is always attracted to the South Pole of another magnet and vice versa. And they're repelled from similar poles. So North and North are repelled from each other. That's the basic thing magnets do, as we've observed. Some materials, like iron, for example have a special property where they can be magnetized if put inside of a field. And so let's zoom in and talk about how this works on a a scale, then we can zoom out and talk about what this means for these VHS tapes. If you zoom into a hunk of iron, for example, uh, kind of the classic example, we know that materials are made out of atoms, right? In case of metal, in a sort of a lattice structure. These atoms, each individual atom has, in these materials, has a very slight magnetic polarity to them. So you can imagine each atom is a little bar magnet with a north and a south pole on opposite sides. Now, so cute. They're adorable little little magnets. And it's worth pointing out, a single little magnet like that, you know, in typical material, those are all randomly pointed, so there ends up being no effect once you zoom out any amount. But in these materials, like iron, we find these atoms to be grouped together in what we call domains. You can imagine them as being like clumps of atoms that are all in a sort of a cluster. Um, and in that domain, they're all aligned. They're all pointing in the same direction, left, right, up, down, towards you, who knows, some random direction. And again, generally, if you zoom out, you know, these clusters are big, but they're not the size of the whole material. You know, generally these clusters are pointed randomly, so they always cancel out. But if you put a material like iron in a strong magnetic field, all those domains align with that field. So they all line up and, they, and you end up getting this whole material that ends up being a big magnet, you know, a North Pole and a South Pole, because all the parts of it all those atoms, all those domains are all also pointed in the same direction. So instead of canceling out, they all add up and create this larger effect of a magnet. Following so far, Ian? Yes. So what you're saying is within iron, for example, mm-hmm. there we can imagine a lot of little bar magnets mm-hmm. all pointing different which ways. And as a result, not that magnetic. But when a magnet comes in and introduces a magnetic field... All those magnets align. They're unified by a magnet. Now they're no longer canceling each other out. They're all going one way. You can almost think of it work together. as like a metaphor of like a, a great orator, a great speaker. 
able to align everyone's views to line up with theirs, if you want to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. All the little people are little, little iron atoms. They're all clustered into different, maybe political parties or different states or territories. But eventually a great leader can align them all or whatever, however you want to think about it. Yeah, that's very fun. Yeah. All right. So that's why iron is attracted to magnets because if a magnet comes nearby, the iron becomes a magnet and it becomes one that's attracted to that magnet. Yeah, cool. All right. That's, that's that. All right. So, so we know that the iron different materials can be magnetized by having a magnet nearby, which is cool. But how does that, what does it have to do with VHS tapes? That's not a piece of metal. Yeah. Why does that matter? Explain that. Yeah. Science boy. Oh, I will. All right. So, <laughs> All right, so VHS cassettes, right? You Hopefully you're familiar. If you're not, if you're a little younger than we are, that's fine. You've probably seen them before, hopefully. They're basically just a big spool of black tape. You can imagine it being similar to like a reel of film from an old timey movie theater, right? Where it's like a big spool with a bunch of thin tape on it. And with film, that tape is made up of a material that is sensitive to light, reacts to light. Um, and it has a bunch of little frames in it. So if you want to record a video with old style film, you basically have an opening, you run the film past that opening, and as the light comes in, it creates an image on each little piece of that film. So then when you play it back, you just run that thing past the light and it shines a light through and the transparent film creates an image. That's how film works. It kind of burns an image on each frame. Instead of being a transparent images that are taped end to end like in a, like in a, uh, a piece of film, VHS tape is similar. It's, it's, a, it's a big tape of flexible material. But instead of being made of light-sensitive material, it's made of uh, a magnetic oxide. So some material, like we were talking about, like iron, that can be magnetized. So it's sensitive instead of light. It's sensitive to magnetism. Does that make sense? That's the basic picture of a VHS tape. Yeah. Cool. So like with the film, if you run that tape past a magnet, right, and you change that magnet's direction as pointing as it goes past, it'll preserve that. It'll magnetize each little piece of that tape as the tape's going past it. It'll point in the direction the magnet's pointing at that instant. A little bit later, the magnet's pointing a different direction, and the tape that's near it at that point points in the other direction. Basically, you kind of preserve the direction this magnet's pointing at as this tape moves past it. And that's how you create these VHS tapes. You want to have these... You can basically store any information you want on it by varying the, the magnet you're, you're magnetizing it with as you want to store that information. So you're basically storing the, the direction these magnets are pointing in. Does that make sense? Wow. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. And so just like a film where you're storing it by showing light on it, the way you then get it off of it is you do the opposite direction. You, you run the tape past a thing, and it because it's a little magnet, that tape is little a little magnet, it then creates its own magnetic push, and you let it push the thing around. And then that'll kind of reverse engineer and create, in this case, the video playing off the VHS tape. Does that make sense? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's super cool. So what you're saying is you're when you record the VHS, you use a permanent magnet. Mm-hmm. Or maybe an electromagnet, a different, but a magnet. An electromagnet. What, what, you use a magnet of some variety, and it <clears throat> essentially leaves an imprint of whatever its magnetic field was like mm-hmm. on this VHS tape. And then when you go play it in your VHS player, which everyone still does nowadays. Of course. It runs past, it's got it, whatever magnetic field it had residually from that um, magnet when it recorded is going to influence, you know, the, the player has something that then gets magnetized by that tape. Yeah. Or a magnet that gets oh, pushed by it. Yeah. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. So 
let's talk about this then. All right, so, so we know this material is this magnetic material, and it stores this magnetic information on it, which is super cool. Um, and it's really, obviously, you're storing a lot of information. You're storing, like, you know, you're storing the, the, the color of the image. You're storing the, the light intensity of the image. You're storing a lot of different sound. All this stuff is being stored in pretty, you know, on a very narrow piece of tape, so it's pretty sensitive, right? If, if anything gets messed up, if the magnet, you know, gets shifted, the magnetic fields of it gets shifted, then it's kind of, you know, affected. And, oh my gosh, that might be what we're talking about. So, <gasps> yeah. And it's worth pointing out, just because a material's been magnetized once, so we had this hunk of metal we were talking about earlier, you put a big magnetic field in one direction, you put it near a big magnet, it magnetizes to be, you know, attracted to it or whatever. If you, and, and then, you know, you leave it, and, oh, look, it's this permanent magnet. Now, you've created this magnet, you have the North Pole, South Pole's whole iron, all the things are in one direction. That great speaker has swayed everybody to their opinion. If you then bring in a different speaker that's equally persuasive but he's in a different direction, then there's nothing stopping all those things from shifting again to align with the new speaker or the new magnet. So basically these things can be influenced in whatever you want. You can, you can flip a, ma a permanent magnet if you just put a strong field in the opposite direction. So this then allows us to talk about what's going on in this scene, right? Marta, poor Marta, is... Poor Marta. ...has culpable, uh, or has some evidence against her on this tape. She doesn't want to be seen. So what does she do? Well, she's smart. She listens to this podcast. Yay. She has the VHS tape. She has a fridge magnet. She knows, oh, if I just rub this magnet all around on this tape, I'm basically going to start messing with the, uh, the, magnet, the magnetic information stored on it. Um, you can kind of imagine uh, another, here's another metaphor for it. Imagine this tape like a big wet erase board, right? like a big whiteboard, um, and someone wrote like a paragraph or some information on it. And then someone came along with a big like wet towel and just like started smudging it all over the place right eventually with yeah. enough smudging you can't read it anymore there's no more information you can get out of it and that's basically yeah. what marta's doing with this you can imagine the the magnetic uh strip has all this magnetic film has all this information on it and you're basically just smudging it this way and that way and different parts of it are getting smudged in different directions and eventually the whole thing becomes illegible right yeah marta's smart and thus thus they cannot get any evidence on Marta. Exactly. Though, like I said, she's a bad assassin. There's a lot of evidence she needs to try and cover up. Yeah, well. Yeah. She's very innocent. But she takes care of that one. Yeah. All right, so that's, that's, that's the idea of permanent magnets, how they work, what they are, and, and why that allows people to erase VHS tapes. All right? Really cool. Yeah, super yeah. cool. So, Ian, where else do we see this kind of stuff? Either permanent magnets or magnetic information? Where do we see well, this stuff going on? There's a pretty obvious one that everyone interacts with pretty consistently, and that, it, well, maybe not as consistently anymore, but hard drives, mm. disk hard drives. Tell me more. Uh, a disk hard drive uses a magnet to encode memory, right? So they write it ones or zeros, depending on which way the magnet's facing at the time. Um, and if you've ever heard of services that will erase hard drives completely, you can break them, but you can also hit them with a really big magnet, and that just scrambles all the data. Yeah. Or actually just so that's one aligns that, them all in the same direction. So it all becomes ones or all becomes zeros or something. It's all ones. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's like a big kind of not as fun one. Here's one that's more fun. Roller coasters. Oh. So roller, a lot of roller coasters, in order to attain acceleration, have um, electromagnets, which we didn't talk about here, but basically a magnet where you can use electrons to flip the north and south. Mm -hmm. Right. So you could make a magnet north or you can make it south. Doop, 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 which means if you have a north and south on top of each other and you flip one of them, 
suddenly you have a big repelling force. Mm. Because the north and south and would so have been they, attracted. But then when you make yeah. put them both north, for example, now they're pushed away from each other. Now they're pushed away yeah. from each other. So if you look at a roller coaster sort of launch platform, sometimes they have these kind of cream-colored like vertical fins that run along the center. And those are actually uh, magnets that propel the train along the track. That's super cool. Or um, slow it down if it's coming to the end of its track and it needs its uh, speed maintained. That's a cool one that I really like because I like roller coasters. Heck yeah. That's super cool. I did not know that. That's really fun. Yeah, there you go. That's a little treat just for you Gosh, and anyone who listens. Thanks. Anything else? I'm pretty happy with my two this week. Sure, sure. What about you? Yeah, so the, the classic that you're all familiar with that isn't what Ian was talking about is fridge magnets, right? Like anything that sticks to a metal fridge, right? As you either a bottle opener or just a, a like a postcard type thing. That's again, just a material that's like iron. It's not iron, but something like iron that they just put next to a big, heavy, big, big, powerful magnet and it got magnetized and they just sell it to you. Just because magnets you can stick on metal. The more interesting ones um, are similar to the mechanical hard drive. Another, another, magnetic wave storing information that we use all the time are in credit cards. So the magnetic strips on the back of credit cards, same exact idea. It has some amount of ones and zeros encoded in some sequence um, via north, you know, magnets pointing that way or that way, depending on what direction is pointed. And that's how it's, that's how it's read and how it's stored. Uh, another one are compasses, magnetic compasses, right? The little arrow mm-hmm. thing that's hovering in the middle of a compass, that is a little permanent magnet. So it has a north pole and a south pole. And of course the earth is also a gigantic magnet. And so the north pole of that little compass magnet points to, ironically, the north pole of the Earth, uh, geographic north. Turns out, as we know, north is directed to south. So it turns out the actual, the geographic north of the Earth, um, you know, the north pole in the Arctic Circle, that's actually, magnetically speaking, a south pole. Bogus. We've been lied to. Well, it's all about where the name comes from, right? It was called the north pole because north poles of magnets pointed towards it. So, you know. well... It, Fair yeah, it's a little silly if you try thinking about it too much, but it does make sense in the context of where it came from, like most things. I got one more that you reminded me of. Yeah, go for it. That I just learned recently. Hmm. You've heard of lava. I have. In fact, right? last, just last episode. Yeah, exactly. But did you know that lava is slightly, it can be magnetized. Oh. And so because of the magnetic field of the earth and lava in combination with the history of the world and having a lot of lava in it, archaeologists and geologists can go back and see which direction lava was flowing and that informs them about the direction of the earth's magnetic field oh very cool very cool yeah i just learned that recently from ford because sure, you're the man ford like the company yeah but with an a oh after the o okay i was like where is the a okay i gotcha <laughs> um yeah, so like you can see where it crystallized as it froze, I suppose, and see where it's magnetized or something like that. Yeah, I thought that was really that cool. Was really cool. Another one um, that you use every day, permanent magnets, are in uh, your car's alternator, or any alternator for, for an engine, or even wind turbines. Basic, same, same exact idea. But there, inside of those alternators, you have a bunch of little bar magnets that are, you know... We'll talk about um, electromagnets at some point, perhaps in the future, but it basically moves these, these magnets and that creates... The current that, you know, starts your car and all that fun stuff. And same thing with turbines, you know. As it spins, there's all these little bar magnets in there that are, that are moving, and that creates current that, you know, creates power. The last one, I promise, which isn't... You're just full of magnets today. Well, I like... Magnets are cool, and they're, they're used all the time. Um, this one's more historical and not so much what we've you know, seen nowadays. But you may have heard of lodestones being a thing from, like, ancient Greece up to the Middle Ages or whatever. 
Yeah, lodestones are is is a, is a mineral, a material, a mineral they found in the earth that just to anyone without understanding what magnets how they actually work, it's magic, right? Like you you hold it and just iron is attracted to it and it sticks to it. And you're like, what the heck? Like, what's going on? What's going on? Like this is so crazy. Like like what? Like just certain materials just drawn to this rock for some reason. And those those rocks we we end up finding out. You know, now that we know what's going on, it's a mineral called magnetite. I wonder why it's called that. Um, and and most magnetite isn't magnetized automatically like lodestones are but it, you know in certain combinations with other materials mixed into it um, it becomes this thing that is able to be magnetized just by the earth when they formed so you just find these permanent magnets underground as rocks and it's super cool and so a lot of old compasses were just little chips of lodestone and you know it, it sounds kind of cool but or it sounds kind of you know, maybe silly but man compasses must have felt like magic right like if you don't know what's going on, what the heck? Like this thing just always points in the same direction no matter what you do. Like that is insane. I just want to. It doesn't make any sense. Just imagine you're back 500 years ago and you have this thing. There's no explanation for it. Like what the heck? Like why? Uh, why doth it do this? Amazing. Super cool. Thanks, China. Really cool. Yeah. Also, if you have something that's magnetic and you don't want it to be magnetic, you can hit it. Yeah. Do you know why that works? Although those little domains used to be unified, all pointing one direction from their orator. <laughs> when you hit a magnet with a hammer, suddenly they become scattered again. Exactly, yeah. If you understand, this is the cool thing about physics, right? If you understand the fundamental reason for something, you can make predictions about like what'll happen if you do things. And like it totally makes sense. If you have these domains, these sections within this material that are all pointing in the same direction, if you just whack it hard enough or, or disrupt it hard enough, those things can be knocked. They, might move. they can be knocked off axis and they can be knocked in different directions and yeah if you just hit if you have a if you have one of those horseshoe magnets or something and you don't want it to be a horseshoe magnet anymore you just want it to be a horseshoe you'd be like oh, i'm a lot of horseshoes but i have these all these horseshoe <laughs> magnets just get your big sledgehammer around just whack them a few times and they will lose a bonk, lot bonk, of their magnetism bonk. yeah super cool great 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 point yeah all right that's all i got Thank for you. for where we see magnets but there's many more magnets are cool there are many more out there i'm sure Anything else on magnets or anything? Or you want to move on to the question of the week? That's, that's all I got. Folks, next part of our episode, we move on to questions. And actually, we've been, um, we're kind of, we're getting to the end of our questions. What? So please, I beg you, send us your physics questions. Please. This is my favorite. You is, can tweet at us. Don't tell anybody. This is my favorite part of the podcast. What? Don't, I said don't, don't tell anybody again. I won't tell it. I'm not going to And then it. nobody here? Nobody, nobody tell. Nobody tell. Nobody tell. Nobody tell. Uh, you can tweet at us at Podcast Frames if you have questions or comments, or you can email us, uh, referenceframespodcast at gmail.com. But this week's question comes from our friend at Cheese Puff, <laughs> who, following up on our uh, buoyancy stuff, says, I've heard sharks have to keep swimming forward, otherwise they'll die. Is this related to buoyancy slash lift? Great question, Cheese Puff. Excellent question. Have we had a question from Cheese Puff before? Uh, we sure have. Nice. But I don't have it written That's down. That's all right. No, I, I, you know, Cheese Puff, I just want to point out you're a great audience member. Thank you for contributing. Um, excellent question as well. Um, so it has, it doesn't have a whole lot to do with buoyancy, um, but it is interesting. So I, I looked into it because you asked, and it's super, super, super interesting. So there's some history here. Um, so you, you've certainly heard this, that sharks need to be swimming in order to breathe. They drown if they stop moving. And it's true for some sharks, but not most sharks. And, and the reason is, is quite, I think, fascinating. Um, so a lot of the older species of sharks, the sharks that 
that have not uh, had a new branch in their evolutionary tree for a, for a hot second. Um, and they're very old. Sharks are very old branch, if you didn't know. They're ancient animals. Um, but the older ones, they, they can breathe fine. The newer ones can't. And, and the first, the reason people thought that all sharks needed to move is because shark skeletons, on average, are different from most other fish, those bony fish. Because uh, sharks are missing, or most sharks are missing, or some sharks, I should say, are missing um, these muscles that a lot of other fish have in their sort of jaw area around their gills that they use to pump water. Um, so if you imagine the way the, the shark, or the way any fish gill works, is it needs water to flow through it, flow past them. And uh, actually, this is true for our own lungs as well, interestingly. But the basic idea is you have these, um, these, uh, these, these uh, what's the word, tissues uh, in your lungs and in their gills that uh, are so thin, and there's, there's a blood vessel directly underneath them, and it's so thin that if an oxygen molecule comes into contact, it can just go straight through the barrier into the blood vessel uh, directly. It'll just like phase through, which is super cool. Um, and so you, in order to have a shark have oxygen, it needs to have a, f- a fresh supply of oxygenated water flowing through their gills because in order to get oxygen, it needs to have water hitting the gill material, hitting the gill um, uh, uh, tissue such that the oxygen can be absorbed. Same thing with our lungs. We need, we need fresh air in our lungs in order to have the blood vessels directly underneath the, the thin tissue absorb the oxygen from the air. So the reason people thought that sharks needed to swim is because they thought they didn't have these muscles that can pump fresh water without moving. Because um, most fish can just sit still and they have these little muscles that just flex and contract and they suck water in and suck and blow water out and they provide their own supply of water. A lot of sharks or some sharks didn't have that. So they assumed in order to get fresh air, fresh oxygenated water, they need to be moving through it themselves, basically pumping, you know, by virtue of just moving past the water. And people have since found out that that is not true for the vast majority of sharks. There's about 400 identified shark species in the world. Only about two dozen need to move. Um, and I think it's kind of funny. Uh, they're called obligate ram breathers because they, like, they like, ram the water, I guess. It's called ram ventilation, which I think is super funny. All speed. <laughs> Ramming speed um, just to stay alive. Um, but the reason I suspect people think it's true from all sharks is because a lot of the most well-known shark species need to move. So, for example, great white sharks are ram breathers, mako sharks are ram breathers, and whale sharks are ram breathers. So all three of those, which are probably the most well-known shark species other than maybe a tiger shark, they need to move in order, because they lack those muscles that can pump it. Um, so I hope that answers your question. I'm not a biologist or a marine biologist, certainly, so I might have gotten some details wrong, in which case, correction corner is certainly welcome. Um, but I thought it was interesting, so I thought I would share because I, I, you know, I like learning new things and I thought that was pretty cool. And clearly you do too, if you're here listening. So true. Well, Will, you got any final words? Final words? Aside from just, you know, give us more questions and give us more corrections too, because, you know, I thrive on them. And if you watch Knives Out because of this episode, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did because it's excellent. Well, folks, if you want to tweet a question at us, you can at Reference Frames Podcast. No, wait, that's not right. At Podcast Frames. That one is right. Our email is podcast at gmail.com. Uh, we don't have any advertisements. So if you like this podcast and you think it should be spread around, that's up to you to spread to people. Otherwise, we'll just keep making it just for you. Keep this a, keep this an exclusive party. But share, share the wealth. And that's all I have to say about that. Thank you so much for listening, and we will catch you next time. Nice. See you later. <laughs>